it's much uh, sexier to be an investment banker or, uh, <laughs> or, or a stock trader or Bitcoin. Uh, <laughs> at, at least for some period of time, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Still talking to your neighbor despite the disagreement. Uh, well, <laughs> he doesn't offer me fruit from his fruit tree anymore. <laughs> you, you didn't rip out his lawn, did you? <laughs> you cannot deny knowing about it. Like, if you live in California, you don't know there's, there's a climate change and, and lack of water. Something is wrong. Welcome to the Stream Podcast with Will and Tom. On the road, special edition here at the Water Energy Exchange known as WEX in Valencia, Spain. My name is Tom Freiberg. I'm an environmental journalist and content creator specializing in water. And I'm Will Sarney, a water strategy consultant doing my part to solve wicked water problems. And we are thrilled to be joined by Mosin Morsada, who is the CEO of 3i. Mosin, good to see you again. It's been a while, been, in fact, a few years, I would say. Yeah, because of COVID, I guess we haven't been able to connect. Absolutely, well, it's great to be back in person. First of all, can I say I've got a lot of sock envy. I think your socks are amazing oh, and make ours look very plain in comparison. Well, maybe not well, so no, 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 I, I, I you, you win. I, I, more colorful. Tom, Tom loses. Uh, I guess I'm, that's I'm a point. place in the sock race. I need to, yeah, we're going to change for the next one. Yeah, right? something to aspire to. Yeah, we'll do have to do a wardrobe, <laughs> we'll do a wardrobe change. Let's be fine. Um, but anyway, back to business. So um, the last time we spoke, you were you were heading up coal engineering, and, and you were working from Canada. Mm-hmm. You're now located back to the US, and you're doing some really interesting work in California, and you could say sort of helping to shape water utilities of the future, preparing for the next 20, 30, 50 years, um, actually helping to drive the, the one water approach. So it'd be great to kind of hear a bit of context on kind of who you're working with and what, what you're doing there. Uh, sure. Well, thank you for thank you for having me here. Uh, great to see you both. Um, so, at the end of 2020, um, coal engineering was acquired by IBI, and then I, I transitioned into California, mainly to focus on drought-related issues. And and just like Will, I do not like the word word <laughs> drought, but. Uh, but the problem is when, when, you, when you say, I'm there to deal with climate change, people say, oh, climate change is not going to happen for yeah, right. years. We have it. So drought, I think, has an immediate response. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, it's a very cyclical thing. So I got there, and, uh, and the Metropolitan Water District uh, has a new general manager, Adel Hashkali, and he's leading it into a different uh, dimension, so to speak. So Adel came with the vision of one water, saying that it doesn't matter if it's rain, wastewater, or Colorado River, or whatever the source is. It's water, we have to look at it as one source, and we have to um, collaborate as a, as a state, uh, as a region, as a, the seven states that share Colorado River and the three native tribes to make sure that we preserve water for, for the next generations. And Mexico, I should m- miss that. Um, so, so one of the things that Adele is doing is, he, he said that vision that we're going to use that one water approach um, the challenge is it's great to have the vision but you have to have the organization to be able to support right. uh, the implementation of such vision um, so metropolitan is about a hundred years old organization and uh, Adele's vision is to transform it into the next 100 years so how that's going to look like 
and 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 it's going to encompass many things uh, to implement that vision, which is uh, use of technology is one, of course. That's that's a big 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 item, and then uh, how to be resilient. Um, you know, you're, we're dependent now on mainly two water sources, but there has to be other options too to make mm-hmm. sure that. Um, the economy of half of the economy of California, at least, is, is sustainable. So, so I'm working on the with the uh, leadership at Metropolitan to reorganize Metropolitan to achieve that vision. And what about the workforce piece uh, in terms of, you know, how do you build a, a, a workforce that is, you know, agile, uh, you know, the ability to integrate digital technologies, uh, so. You know, the technology piece maybe is the easiest part in a way, but the people part, what's, how does that fold into the, the vision for the uh, utility of the future? Um, it's, it's a challenge um, for two reasons. I think uh, COVID created a lot of retirements in, in the utilities, mm, right. especially when you say we're going back to the office full time. People are saying, well, I really don't want to be in the office. I'm used to being <laughs> home. So there are lots of requirements right. as a result uh, everywhere. The whole utility space yeah. is, you know. The key thing is to develop young talent that's adept in using technology and, and keep them in the workforce. Um, it's so difficult for utilities now to attract talent because of institutional type image Mm-hmm. It's not reality. Right? So they're viewed as rigid, uh, inflexible, and then you have to be here certain hours. And this is not reality anymore because a lot of utilities have morphed into uh, more modern right. type workplaces. So attracting that talent that's going to carry that flag of, of, of technology use into the next phase uh, has been a challenge. And for me on the consulting side, it was a challenge as well because... Um, it's much uh, sexier to be an investment banker or, uh, or, or a stock trader or Bitcoin. Uh, <laughs> at, at least for some period of time, right? Yeah, right. Right, right. So it makes it very hard to... to uh, so, but, but overall, I think uh, uh, Metropolitan specifically is doing a very good job recruiting from universities. And they created recently a uh, sustainability, resilience, and innovation office. Oh. Uh, to focus on what the future is going to look like from a to be carbon neutral and then to, to create resilience and innovation in the workplace. And that seems to be attracting a lot of talent. Yeah, it, that makes perfect sense. I mean, I, I've seen that in the consulting management consulting world where, you know, suddenly management consulting firms, you know, were focused on sustainability. And that was really baked into the, you know, campus recruiting. And it was the hot topic, and it became really the, the topic that students brought up all the time. So that, that, that's good to hear that the, the image of the utility sector is changing and, you know, functions like sustainability and resiliency are helping, helping to recruit and retain employees. Do you think part of um, the conversation you're having is how utilities are actually communicating with their own customers in terms of not just in terms of a bill collection agency, or if there's a problem to come actually fix it and actually change the relationship between the utility and the consumer. And I think that can help improve the image as well as help recruit and retain new talent as well. Yeah, I, I think that's a great point. I mean, any 
any service you get nowadays, you have an app where you can communicate with somebody. Like with a credit card, if I have an issue or a charge, you know, I can get on the app because I don't want to speak to somebody and I can get instantaneous um, help. Um, utility sector has not gotten there yet. And, and, and customers, I think, are... Uh, we talked about that here at this event. Customers don't get real-time data, so you might get a, uh, you might get, uh, a bill uh, a month or two late later than the actual consumption date saying you, you, you're using too much water. Well, okay, you can do something about it then, but maybe it's too late. If you get it mm-hmm. daily, things would change. Mm-hmm. So that communication, I think the awareness as well. So California spent, I'm trying to remember the numbers. I'll talk order of magnitudes, about I think $60 million in the 90s drought on public relation campaigns, give or take. And now I think year to date, it's like $5 million. <laughs> so awareness is not there. Well, they're, they're not, but you cannot deny knowing about it. Like if you live in California and you don't know there's, there's a climate change and, and lack of water, something is wrong. Uh, you're not reading the news or you're choosing to ignore that altogether. Sure. Um, I, had, I mean, this is a personal story. I had an argument with my neighbor who's watering his, his lawn and water is flowing. And he said, no, this is recycled water. I said, no, it's not recycled water. Even if it's recycled water, it should not be... Regardless, right? But but, uh, some people choose not to... Not to be informed. Yeah, it's uh, kind of be a bit blinkered. Are you still talking to your neighbor, despite the disagreement? Uh, Well... (laughs) He doesn't offer me fruit from his fruit tree anymore. (laughs) You you didn't rip out his lawn, did you? (laughs) I tried, but... I wrote down my own, and, and that's, uh, as I mentioned yesterday, I got fined by the right. owners' association. They said, well, you can't have yellow lawn, lawn and, or no lawn. I said, well, okay, I'm not paying the fine, and we'll take it to the next level. I love that. Yeah. This is Civil disobedience. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but also, the, so, so in California specifically, there are so many non-native trees that, that people bring, and they, they have them in their gardens. Um, they're useful in many ways because trees are provide cover and uh, and they help with carbon uh, offsets, but also probably they consume more than they should. Mm-hmm. Right. And and the the argument in California always you know California uses eighty percent eighty percent of the water goes to farming. Do we need that? And uh, or how do we prioritize it? I mean, if you talk about almonds, the biggest uh, farming right. sector, and then. Uh, uh, Grapes than cattle. Like, do you really need cattle in California? Can it, can they can they be in Iowa or? Yeah, I mean that it, that's a really interesting point. You know the the impact of economic development on water needs. So you know, can you restructure the economy to better align with the impacts of climate change and you know the harsh realities of water availability? Uh, that that would be painful, a painful transition, but really the conversation that needs to be had. A painful but much needed transition. But on, much the, on the topic of ag, you're also working on an interesting uh, agricultural project as well. Agricultural project with a major uh, uh, major uh, uh, agricultural firm. Um, it does about $50 billion of trading uh, of agricultural products a year uh, globally. And uh, part of their... Um, Attempt to understand the impact of climate change on their on their business, and uh, how, how that's going to shape up the, mm-hmm. the future of uh, of agriculture. 
and uh, water scarcity is one element, but mm-hmm. but also climate change is causing uh, rising sea levels, uh, shipping disrupts uh, disruptions across, and uh, um, rain events in areas that traditionally don't get rain events, so they become floods uh, or no rain in areas where you need. To, right. And then, when you think of agriculture, you know we talk about climate change as a, as a disruptance, but a, a, a disrupting event. But look what happened in Ukraine and how wheat prices. Uh, right. That's oh, completely unrelated. Right. Yeah, yeah. But uh, so, so that that project is uh, is is an eye opener to the. To me, it was, and to 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 other industry partners, because uh, no one is untouchable. And if we think that, you know, we live in a country where we produce our own stuff, that's great, but it's not going to go on forever if we don't have it. Right, right. I think the last couple of years have exposed how vulnerable we are on global supply chains, right? It's kind of been a, yeah, the impact from COVID, the impact of the crisis, Ukraine, Russia as well. So, um, very good. Um, Maybe maybe one one thing I'd like to add to the California discussion, just Mm. to the groundwater recharge initiatives that uh, have been happening now, popping up everywhere um, because of these rain events. So most of the rain that we get in California goes into the sea or it goes, you know, it goes into the sewers. And uh, a lot of regions now are looking at capturing that rain and putting it back onto the ground, which would be wise to recharge the aquifers where that's possible. Um, So... I've, I've, I've had many discussions over the past few months about that, and that's a very important initiative. Yeah. It's, so you're capturing rainwater capture at scale. Yeah. yeah. So across, mandated across a city or an area, every single building, commercial, <sighs> residential, is, is capturing and store, treating and storing. And, right. Really novel, integrated surface water, groundwater management. I, I say that somewhat sarcastically because it... It's the one water thing, right? It's they sh- they are connected, and we should manage them accordingly. Uh, we built infrastructure that prevents water from going back. Exactly right. Why did trying we, to undo that? Why did we think that was a good idea? You know, in hindsight, re-engineering solutions. Well, uh, Moses, right. thanks so much for your time. Thank Always you. uh, great Good to sort of catch you. up over the different WEXs and see where you're either located in the world. I know we had some <laughs> work together in the Middle East and now you moved to Canada and back in the US. So, yes, yeah, some, some really, I think, being able to shape, uh, help shape a water utility in an area in the US for the next 20, 30 years is, you know, really fascinating stuff. And there's been some, some good discussions here. So, yeah, appreciate your time. Thanks. Thank Good, you. good to catch up. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. thank you. Good to meet you. Good to meet you. Cheers,